So hello and welcome to episode four of File New Project, the podcast about the ups, downs, and the creamy middles of the creative process. This is Ben Carroll at Benamanic on Twitter, and I'm here talking with Peter McCreary. McCleary. 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 <laughs> Peter McCleary. <laughs> Easy for you to say. <laughs> uh, about. Uh, well, about your perspective on the creative process. So, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, my name is Peter McCleary, <laughs> and um, I'm a children's author, and I write uh, children's picture books. And I have uh, one book out called uh, Bob and Joss Get Lost, um, and a sequel coming next year called Bob and Joss Take a Hike. Awesome. And they both published by HarperCollins. And I've got other stuff in the works, but those, but right now, Bob and Joss Get Lost is the one you can get at bookstores. Cool. And do you have a website for those? Uh, PeterMcCleary.com. Two C's, two E's. Okay. Sounds good. We'll link to it in the show notes. Um, so, why kids' books? How'd you get into kids' books? That's a really good question. I was hoping you would ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I write children's books because, um, well, for one thing, I, I have kids and I started to write because I had kids and I thought it would be cool. But uh, what I've learned is that um, what I like as for as children, as an audience, is that they don't have a lot of baggage that adults have. So let's just say, like, I want to be a writer. Mm-hmm. So then you choose your audience. My audience, uh, the reason I prefer children is because they don't have the baggage. They're learning what books are. And I think there's a lot of opportunities there to, like, teach kids what books are and f- fill them with delight and wonder and surprise them. Um, because adults already have the, they're sort of cynical and they kind of have their opinions already mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. The kids are reforming those. So I feel like it's a great chance to like kind of brainwash them a little bit. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So well, the brainwashing kids, that's what I do. So now are, are you going to, um, obviously kids span a whole range of ages, right? And, yes. um, it seems like Bob and Joss Get Lost is probably a pretty good book for uh, for kids aged, you know, about where your kids are now, right? And uh, yeah. and Bob and Joss Go on a Hike, that's the uh, next take, one. Yeah, take a hike, yeah. are, are Bob and Joss a little older in those, or are they, is it like The Simpsons where the kids stay the same? They're age? the same. The same, yeah. it's, it's basically the same book. I mean, they're just, in the first book, guess what? They get lost. And in book two, they get lost again, but this time they get lost in the mountains. But, um, yeah, the characters are the same, um, same ages. Um, I have plans to write for older kids, eventually, but right now my, I write picture books, which are ten, tend to be for about four to eight-ish, mm-hmm. like, say, preschool through second, third grade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of uh, where I do most of my work. But, you know, I, I have plans to write make for older kids, middle grade, um, and some chapter books maybe down the road. But um, as far as these particular books, they... You know, they, they're they pretty much the same, and they're targeted to that, that probably first or second grade audience. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, I mean, I guess the sort of the, the ancillary question to, to the previous one is, like, uh, was it interactions with your own kids that led you to the Bob and Joss story, or was it just a random idea? Or um, I think Bob and Joss was um, a random idea. Like, it was, it actually came in a dream, I woke up one day and um, had this had these characters in my head. They were on a boat and they're about to hit a rock and they got shipwrecked. 
and on a beach, and it was really funny. Um, I was sort of like, they, to me, their dialogue in my head was like Abbott and Costello, Hope and Crosby. It had that sort of buddy comedy mm-hmm. kind of vibe to it. <clears throat> so I just like sat down and just like basically transcribed what was going, this little movie that was playing in my head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what it was or <clears throat> what the story was going to be, but I just knew, okay, I, I, it was like little scenes and they had this really funny dialogue going back and forth with some really silly jokes and absurd stuff going on. And it just, and it just, and I just had to get it down. And then eventually, later on, I shaped it into more of a story and developed the characters more. But, um, but yeah, it just it was just one of those lucky things where you, sometimes you get ideas and you just kind of, kind of ride that wave, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. And the other idea, the other times when you're writing that, um, and doing anything creative, that you um, you have to work for the idea a lot. You know, you're like. You get that sort of one inspirational moment, you know, maybe when you're taking a shower or, you know, whatever, whenever it comes, you're driving in your car and you're like, oh, I have an idea for that, okay? And then you kind of work it in your head. Is it good? Is it bad? You know, can I work with this? And then sometimes, you know, you slog through it for years sometimes, you know, to get it, get it to be like, eventually, like, you find the solution that makes it work. But for a long time, it doesn't work. You know, but they, they hang around, you know, and they, mm-hmm. they kind of buzz in your ear sometimes and... And the ones that buzz really loud are usually the good ones, you know. So how do you keep, I mean, do you keep a garden of those around, or? Yeah, yeah, you can see, I mean, there's there's a whole list of them. I've got notebooks full of stuff and, you know, computer files and half-started manuscripts that mm-hmm. go, that end because they're like, oh, I don't know where this is going. And then, you know, once in a while I'll go back and kind of see if it's going to work this time and sometimes mm-hmm. you get that that idea in your head and a lot of times what I'll do is I'll focus on one particular problem that I have in a story or something I go today's day is going to be I'm going to work on this manuscript and I'll just it'll be there in the back of my head all day long working out the problems okay how can I get this to work it's kind of just brainstorming different solutions you know like okay the ending's not working the ending's kind of lame so then I just think of endings and what could what the what if game right so like, what if they did this? What if the characters did this? What if the character, you know, what if the, this other character wasn't there? Or, you know, you play that game and then eventually, some, a lot of times they just like, nope, 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 nope. And mm-hmm. then once in a while you're like, oh, oh, that, that, okay, that'll work. Right? Mm-hmm. And those are the eureka moments that make it all worthwhile. That's, that's the fun part of being, doing a creative job. You know, I, I find that sometimes, like when I'm working on an app or something, I, I'll think about a problem, I'll think about a problem. Either it's a design solution or or an actual coding solution that it doesn't make sense to me. I know what the goal is, but I, I don't know how to get there. I don't know how to get there. And I'll just sit, after thinking about it for maybe hours or days or even weeks sometimes, I'll put it on the back burner. And then one day I'll think about it again and I'll realize, oh, here's a path. Yeah. And and I'll wonder why I didn't even see it, but, but I, I'll, I'll try not to wonder too long because... I just want to do it, and, yeah, and it, get and it, it works. And I'm wondering, does does that feel familiar the way I'm describing it? Oh, absolutely. It? That's, I mean, the back burner, man. That's like, that's where the, that's where it happens. That's most of the work. Like you put, I mean, I probably do it, take it too, too far, where I just will put things on back burners and let them simmer for long, probably too long to be actually productive. But for me, that's just my process, like just to let it sit, and then, like I said, once in a while, you'll, it'll pop up on your radar and be like, oh yeah, that idea. And then you kind of work it, work it for a while and then maybe it works, maybe it doesn't, but then if it doesn't work, you put it back. And then um, another analogy would be like a miner. 
you know, work in the mines on the ground, and you get a vein of gold, and then you like you go with it until it's gone, and then you're like, oh, it's gone, and you start chiseling somewhere else, you know, mm-hmm. and then hopefully okay. you hit something. That's kind of yeah. similar. That's kind of a part of the creative process as well. It's just chiseling away until you get something, and then you, and then once you get something, you got to go with go it. Go with it, right? You know, that's um, and then but when you do you hit something, it's pretty exciting, pretty fun. Well, you know. It, so I got a few a few sort of thoughts uh, in my mind. I guess one is you, know, you go down the wrong path you know, with a minor idea. It's like a lot of work. You get nothing done. You know what do you do with that? I'm, I'm thinking about mistakes. I'm thinking about like how embarrassed I am that I got your last name wrong at the very beginning of this podcast. You know, it's like it's like the worst thing ever. Uh, but uh, but you know, try and like turn it into a topic. So I mean, do you find yourself? You know, the, the, do you if you work on something and it's gone too far? Or something is, is there something you do to prevent yourself from feeling like you've gone too far down a, a, a you know a dry vein, as it as it were? I don't know if I even think about that. I mean, you just go where the ideas take you, and yeah. you know, and most of the ideas are not going to work. But I don't know. You just my approach is the um, just kind of go with the flow, kind of surf it. I mean, there's all these analogies like like a surfer, you ride that wave. Mm-hmm. Um, miners, you just mm-hmm. keep going. I mean, and then, right. but then you know you gotta, you gotta like I said, you gotta go back to chiseling somewhere else, another part of the mine. That's just like okay, I'm gonna, you just go about your day, and then hopefully you get another idea, and that you can work on. And I don't know that's part of the creative process is that for the, that initial idea is kind of a weird thing right like mm-hmm. where does that come from like that mm-hmm. first spark of an idea sometimes that comes out of nowhere right, right. Most often, to, yeah. yeah it's just like oh oh and then 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 the, the work begins of like you have to evaluate that idea and then what do you can you do what can you can you work with that idea um that's the real that's the real process of the creative process but i mean i get asked that question like where do you, where do you get your ideas where do you get your mm-hmm. ideas and that's mm-hmm. As anybody who does anything creative knows that that is such a silly question, right? Because you don't know; they just come to you, right? right? At least that initial spark. But it's that it's that after you get that spark, what do you do with it? That's where the real craft and the work comes. You know, how protective are you of your ideas? Like in software, there's this concept of open source, right? And uh, yeah, I've got this fantasy of developing uh, like a new game completely in the open but then as soon as I start to think about doing it I think oh you know what someone who's a better programmer than me will finish it before I do and publish it uh, first and I guess like you know what is there a similar mindset in in writing uh, or like in terms of is there like an open source community or, uh, or would you ever consider doing I, something like definitely that? not open source and I mean people are pretty protective of ideas yeah um, ideas are not easy, but like it's what it's how you execute the idea that really matters. And I've seen many books that I'm like, like oh, I had a similar idea. Mm-hmm. You'll see, and especially in children's books, you'll see the same ideas get over, done over and over again. And you can have the same idea, but done completely the different, is, yeah. right? Um, so what? How do you define idea in that sense, right? Um, but yeah, I think people are, are. You don't really share ideas. Everyone's pretty protective of ideas and mm-hmm. their work. Um, sure, you can get critiques from each other and help each other with those particular ideas. But if you, you know, there's this kind of always this threat of someone's going to steal something. But honestly, I don't think it actually happens. But there's this sort of feeling, like like you said, like 
oh, so if I someone's going to take this and do it better than me, I better or or get to work on it quickly before that someone else has that, that same idea and does right. it better. Right. Um, I do have that in the back of my head because um, sometimes when you hit a good idea, it's like, oh, this is how does how has this not been done before? Like someone's definitely mm-hmm. thinking about mm-hmm. this, or it's going to get thought of because it's too good an idea. So you like you have this kind of urge to like get it done, yeah, and just race to finish. But and that's probably more that's probably not actually the case. But I don't know. It's 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 there in the back of my head, I guess. I guess uh, like one of the the thoughts that I've that I've had that I'll, I'll mention it here because I, I I would love for someone else to do it because I'm never going to get to it is a, an app or a website which is just a, a repository for ideas. I even thought of a name. It'd be called Cheap Ideas because like ideas are cheap, right? Yeah. Because it's the execution that matters. It'd even be spelled like with two P's, so like 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 app. It would be the name. <laughs> and uh, anyway, but. Um, but the idea is people could put ideas there. They could uh, 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 contribute and say, oh, try this, try that. And then anyone could develop it as long as they did attribution. I got it from this mm-hmm. website. And then, you know, you might have multiple competing things. And then, like, it's kind of like a sort of a meta level above open source. It's an open, you know, source. And, you know, I, yeah. I wonder, I mean, I could picture, like, a, a writing competition where, like, three people get together or five people get together and say, hey, write a... Uh, I don't know, a story about an undead person going yeah. to a, a a college fraternity party or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see what the three different people do. I mean, I've, that probably happens all the time in, like, classroom settings and, yeah. and so forth. But, and like I said, you get every, every, for every person that's in, that tries it, it's going to come up with something completely different. Yeah. I think writing's a little different than app development because it's less collaborative. Like, until you get to the publishing process, then it becomes more collaborative, but... Early on, it's you know it's it's hard to work with someone unless you're like you're really simpatico and on the same page. Right. I mean, you hear about people writing together, but it's pretty rare because it's a hard thing to do to, uh, like together and like hand hand it off to somebody. I mean, right. It's a pretty rare thing in writing. Um, that makes sense. I mean, you want to. Uh, it's 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 as much about your own voice and the voice of the characters yeah. as you imagine them. it's hard because everyone does have their own voice and it's it's hard to like to match to have someone match that voice um, but it's been done it's just not as common so what are the you know some t- in some industries it's about the gear right if you want to be a great skier you got to have good skis and waterproof equipment if you want to do apps you got to have a, an up-to-date phone and a, and a computer and USB cables What's uh, what are your tools of the trade? Uh, a computer with a word word. Uh, where where do you keep your ideas? Where do you nurture the ideas? Um, uh, it's notes, um, snap notebooks, uh, post-it notes. Um, you see my wall, you? whiteboard, <laughs> in my head, um, which is a really bad place to keep ideas because they never seem to reappear. Right, <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, just like. Yeah, scraps of paper, whatever works, you know, in the moment. Um, and I've got, like, a, you know, on my phone, little notes on my phone now. I've tried, started doing that because my phone's always with me. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, a lot of writers keep notebooks with them in their little back pocket and stuff, but I've tried that and always seem to misplace it. So but my phone is always with me, so I figured, yeah, I'll just use that as my notebook. So that's yeah. been working pretty good. Um, yeah. A lot of times, though, when I get an idea, if it's a good idea, I'll, as soon as I can, I'll start 
writing a draft, get get started. That's why I have a lot of like started drafts of manuscripts. Mm-hmm. Um, part of it's like, oh, I got the idea, and then you go, like you start it and then get it down, get as much of it down as you possibly can. And then when I'm writing, when you're writing picture books, especially, it's you, you, I could write an entire try an entire story, an entire book in like an hour right. if it goes quick. Now, but that's not obviously not a finished product, but you can get the idea down from start to finish, you know, mm-hmm. which is a, one of the cool things about writing picture books for kids mm-hmm. is that you can write a complete story pretty quickly and you can kind of see it in the shape of it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Writing a novel is like a whole nother, it's like another whole nother set of muscles where you have to, you know, you're kind of writing a marathon mm-hmm. where you're just mm-hmm. taking it like little by little. I mean, yeah, you see the big picture, but you know, you're doing it paragraph by paragraph, chapter by chapter. Uh, picture books are a little bit different because, first of all, the, a lot of the works are being done by the illustrations, but like I said, most picture books are in the 500-word range, so mm-hmm. somewhere around there. So it's, you can actually kind of get a draft down as soon as you get the idea. It might be terrible, but at least you can get the idea down instead of just like writing, writing down the, like, the, the one-sentence idea, which also works, but that's the advantage of picture books is that you can, you can in a pretty short time, you can write an entire manuscript. Now, I assume you're not doing, like, a formal character study for the characters in your in, in a picture book, or, or are you? No, you do. You do. Yeah. A lot of the same rules apply. I mean, sure. the same fundamentals, yeah. I mean, you really need to develop your characters just like you would in any other, any other, uh, in any mm-hmm. other uh, book. Um, you might not see as much depth and detail in those characters, mm-hmm. but the illustrator will do a lot of that work for you mm-hmm. as well. Um but yeah, you got it. It's important. And how? Uh, what was the experience like working with an illustrator in terms of making sure they captured some degree of what you intended? Well, you just hope. I mean, I don't really have that much input. Um, so the illustrator takes the manuscript and does their thing, and um, hopefully you put enough in the manuscript that they can have their vision and they add to it and do their thing and that's part of the beauty of a picture book is that the words are only really one small part of the whole the whole package mm-hmm. you're just kind of I, I liken it to like a screenwriter or a playwright where you sort of create this foundation and then you hand it off and it can becomes a thing much bigger than just your words it's like sort of the blueprint for what it can be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really exciting to see the illustrator to do their take on it and and in my book, Bob and Jaws Get Lost, the illustrator just like just the he just did such a fantastic job with the expressions on the characters and mm-hmm. the colors and the just it just like he just took it to a whole other level, you know. That What's I never the, uh, illustrator's name. His name is Vin Vogel. Vin Vogel. Yeah, cool. super talented. And uh, yeah, he's he just made it feel like kind of what was in my head. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, I remember. That, Reading it with my kid and thinking that, that like like forgetting that it wasn't that, that, that you didn't do the illustrations That's too exactly is, yeah it's it, it it's a, it's a perfect perfect sync of words and images and I think he did a great job. That's cool. Now, this isn't your first job associated with writing. I mean, you you've you've come to writing organically, right? I mean, you came from well, I worked in advertising as a copywriter before this, uh, before I started writing for children, which was actually pretty good training uh, 
from writing children's books, um, being an advertising copywriter, um, you have to be pretty succinct and get your ideas crossed and engage, and be very engaging quickly, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is important in children's books. Um, and before that, I was a fine artist. I did sculpture and conceptual art and installations. And before that, I studied architecture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's been a kind of a crazy road, but... Um, but I've always been writing, I guess, throughout my whole life. I always wrote, used to write stories and here and there, and never took it seriously though. Just like in English class and that sort of stuff, I always enjoyed it and loved it, and um, but never thought it could be something I would actually like do as a like a career. So until I had kids, and then I started writing children's books, and then it turned mm-hmm. into a thing. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so uh, uh, is there going to be a third uh, Bob and Joss book? Uh, not at the moment, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, okay. People go buy them, buy a lot of them, maybe. We'll see. Uh, that was an interesting part. thing was also writing the second book. Yeah. Because uh, um, the first book was pretty much, I wrote, that, you know, but I had, to do the second book, I had to basically come from a story from scratch. So it was a very different process because the first one, like I said, came from a dream, I wrote mm-hmm. it down, mm-hmm. and developed from there. But the spark of the idea came organically and then book two was like oh you've got a deadline you got to come up with an idea with these characters and doing right. a similar but different story and that was a lot harder to like and I struggled with that quite a bit to come up with something and um, like I said it, it was like the back burner thing and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I put it off for quite a while and I had a bunch of ideas that I tossed around and nothing was really clicking and then you know it was getting down to it where the manuscript was due and uh just clicked one day, like, oh, yep, I got it. And then I, then once I did that, it was similar, like it came, once I had the characters and the situation that I wanted, getting lost in the mountains, the jokes and the dialogue and the story kind of just came pretty quickly. But getting to that point, I tried all kinds of stuff. Like, I didn't want to be too similar, but then it was sort of getting these crazy ideas, and then eventually I realized, like, oh, it needs to be, I had to get, it's almost like you get into the... Uh, like uh, get into the vibe of those characters. It's like mm-hmm. I find I had to refine that what I was that mode of thinking that I was in when I wrote that first one, and mm-hmm. just kind of like immerse myself in that world and, and it's like oh this is what I was feeling like when I wrote this. This is and it was and once I did that, it, it, it clicked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, because I, I was just thinking back like uh, it wasn't that long ago that. You were saying, oh, I really got to work on this book. And then, oh, yeah. yeah, it was pretty stressful for a while because yeah. I was like, oh, I've got a bunch of ideas. It'll be easy. I'll just, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I put it off, put it off. And I think the reason I was putting it off is because I didn't love the ideas that I had sort of generated early on. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you know, I was like, oh, I've got all these ideas. It'll be easy. I'll just pick one and crank it out. Uh, yeah, that didn't work out that way. <laughs> it's like, because the ideas I had were good for another maybe another story or different characters, a different book. They weren't working for uh, the Bob and Joss characters. So, and then, so then once, and then once I realized that I started to panic Mm -hmm. and when you panic, it's really hard to be creative when you're panicking. Mm -hmm. Right. So I had to, so in some ways I had to relax, just get into that, that mode I was in when I first wrote the one at the first book, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. get get into it and just have fun with it. Right. And just relax. And then it, it clicked. I have to always have to remind myself of that too, like doing something creative, like like when you push it, it's really hard. 
And I remember that when I worked in advertising because you you were under a lot of stress and deadlines when you worked in advertising. Imagine. Yeah, yeah. And it'd be like, oh, we need we need something. You know, the client would like kill all your ideas one day and like expect new ideas the next day. Right. And you're just right. like, ah! And right. you're just like panicking. And it's like, it's so hard to, to come up with ideas when you're in that mode. And it's like, you just got to relax and have fun. And when you, and so I have to remind myself to do that and just, you know, you just, just do something fun. Do the thing that you like. So how's the uh, book release process been? I mean, has that been a big distraction from creating stuff, or has it been fun and exciting? Has it been a mix of all things? Yeah, it's, it's been exciting, but it has been a distraction, and it's kind of, in some ways, it's a little bit annoying, because like, what I like to do is, is write the next story. Right. And this everything you have to do to promote the book is not writing the next book, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is... I guess part of the what I'm learning is part of the job of being an author is having to do all that stuff, um, like all the social media stuff and the, the book events and that sort of stuff. But you just have to. This is part of the job now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I didn't really realize how much of that is on on me to do. So, um, and it, like I said, it is. It does take up a lot of the time of a writer. So, it's hard to find time to just sit in a in a room and write. A story it's it's a really small part of the job it's interesting yeah I mean I do enjoy part of the process I mean I enjoy you know on social media and stuff it's fun connecting with people and stuff but and also doing event live events with kids is like the best I mean mm -hmm. it's like seeing kids laugh at your stories is the best feeling mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it does take work you got to set these things up and you got to contact so-and-so and you go to the thing and get, you know contact the bookstore and you know all this other stuff and it's like that's just time to do stuff, you know. It's like, you know, I would love to be a big shot author who has, you know, a team of people doing handling all that for you. Right, but, you right. know, obviously not there yet. So, but, uh, but it's always like that, like in the back of your head, like, oh, I gotta get, I gotta get in and start writing. I gotta get, I gotta start writing. I gotta start writing. And uh, you just figure it out, I guess, as you go. As a new author, it's like I'm just learning all this stuff. So, and you find what works for you, I guess, down the road. So what's next? Do we have uh, movie rights for anything? A uh, uh, cartoon? Uh, <laughs> anything like that? Oh, you know, maybe someday. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Any new projects? I mean, obviously we talked about protecting your ideas, but any new projects you want to talk about? Um, not really. Somebody <laughs> <laughs> right. might steal them. No. <laughs> right. so I know it's hard to hard talk about stuff when. You know they're all in process, but yeah. But I've got some stuff uh, hopefully in the works that'll be on a bookshelf someday. Sounds good. Sounds good. So remind us again, PeterMcCleary.com. Peter uh, you're on Twitter too. Twitter, uh, P McCleary, with two C's, two E's. Uh huh. Um, and the book is Bob and Joss Get Lost, and the sequel is Bob and Joss Take a Hike, coming next year in 2018. Sounds good. We'll link to the. Uh, to the Amazon uh, uh, purchase in the, uh, in the in the show notes. All right. Well, thanks for doing this. It's a pleasure. Thank my you. Getting your name wrong will not preclude us doing no, this again. Absolutely. <laughs> I love talking about my books. <laughs> right. It sounds good. Thanks cool, again. Man.